Welcome everyone to the Credible Nerds Podcast. My name is Justin. I'm your host for this episode as we review another Stephen King episode or another Stephen King book And for this episode. And this time we also have our uh, in-house Stephen King expert, Jordan Rasmussen, back with us. Hello, everyone. And we are here to discuss the book and the movies that uh, followed it later on, uh, Carrie by Stephen King. And when was this book written, Jordan? Oh, man. 70-something. 1974, I want to say. Uh, pull I mean, out the source material. Take a quick, quick look. Yep, seventy-four. I do know my Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are the expert. So, <laughs> he's tearing the credible nerds. So, um, Carrie, we we've done two previous episodes of two previous stories. Uh, we did Fire Firestarter and then Cujo, and then we decided to jump back and just start with the beginning. His first novel. Carrie. This was his first published novel or just novel novel? First, like first published. Yep. Okay. Yep. All he right. he says that I, I think he said this is his fifth fifth novel he wrote, but yeah, this was his first one. And he had been published uh before, so it wasn't his first published gig. He had done some, you know, magazines, uh short stories that later show up in Night Shift. He had published before this, but this was his first published novel. Okay. And it is a shorter story. I mean, it's like 200 yeah. pages or something. Yep. yep. And so was it published as a novel or like part of a short story collection? Yep. Or? Nope, just published published as a novel. So. Okay. okay. Yep. So we start out with this story of a teenage girl who, and as far as, it starts right off, I think her senior year. And so she's been around, she's with her her peers, and so they all know each other. There's a history there, and as the story evolves, we are slowly kind of, we come into this knowledge of their backstory. There's a lot of, oh, this happened a few years ago. This happened when she was three type thing. So there's a lot of revealing of her history as the story goes on. But, you know, the first little bit, we start off right off the bat. This is her. This is, they're in the girls' locker room after gym class, and for some reason she was a late starter and she had her first period as they're showering and getting ready to you know wrap up their PE class and go back to class and everybody all the other girls were there who are the kind of the mean girl type uh, girls and they started making fun of her and throwing tampons at her and uh, it was quite the traumatic experience for her so um, as far as how this story starts out Jordan uh, what did you think? Uh, is this a good place to start? Should we have started back in the history and then move forward? Like this opening, how did you react one to of it? The things, one of the things that I like about this uh, this story is I love the way that he tells it in that he, I, you know, I think the first, like the first page is like a news article, right? And it's right. like, hey, this weird thing happened at this house and we find out that that's when she was born. And, you know, this, like, a, you know, kind of almost like a meteor shower, you know, strikes, but then he, he introduces her a little bit and then he keeps kind of throwing in some news articles and Mm -hmm. some backstory. And so you, you know, you are kind of left in the dark at times and then you just gain more insight as to, you know, what's going on. Um, You know, for example, you know, 
having your first period, you know, it was very dramatic for her. And I don't know on what scale, you know, it's not growing up as a girl. I don't know what the scale of trauma would be with that. But a lot of girls I feel are kind of prepped for that. Like, Hey, Mm -hmm. this is what's happening. Where with Carrie, it was nothing like she, she thought she was dying. She thought she was bleeding out and it was over. And so, and then we come to find out later, it's because of her mom's very religious background. And, you know, so you, again, you get this experience. You don't really know quite, you're kind of experiencing it with her. And then you find out more, okay, this is why, why she was freaking out was because, you know, because of her mother and her, she had never told her what this was and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I liked the, the way he told this story. Hmm. Okay. So as far, you brought up the, he started off with a news clip and then went to the narrative and then there's all these other type news articles or court hearing transcripts as we go on throughout the, the, the story, the book. Um, and you were okay with that. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Yeah, I, I did. I kind of like, you know, and, and Stephen King kind of does this a couple, you know, frequently in his most recent book. He kind of did it where he kind of tells you not quite the ending, but like, you know, from the get go, you know, because obviously you're reading these news articles and they're, uh, you know, I don't remember the town or what the hearing, but they're investigating mm-hmm. this major incident. Yeah, it's after the fact. Uh, you know, they're they're investigating the prom night incident and you haven't read what the prom night incident is, but you know something huge has happened because yeah. obviously there's the courts involved and there's a, you know, survivor of said incident. And so, you know, I, I do kind of like that knowledge of, you know, foreboding, if you will, of like, OK, I know something's going to happen mm-hmm. because we are slowly leading up to you know what happened so i i do kind of like like that when they when they do that so (laughs) okay me i not so much (laughs) (laughs) i I don't mind it a little bit like as far as like oh here's a here's a news article or here's this and kind of provide a broader perspective of what's going on that part i don't mind as much um i still wish it was he could include it in the narrative somehow but of the story but i hate when they and they do this with tv shows and movies a lot too where oh here's the last scene of the movie and now we're going to tell you how it happened <laughs> it's like, well, yeah well now i know what's going to happen so what's <laughs> i get they're trying to there's they can still build suspense and stuff but it, it doesn't work for me so i didn't like that <laughs> not a big fan of that uh device storytelling device but um because i think it mentioned early that one of the characters dies like the the prom king he ended mm. up dying and they mentioned it way before you'd even got to that part and I was like oh man that's like yeah. I was starting to like him <laughs> because yeah because I mean and even with that like cuz I you know they're talking a lot to you know one of the survivors uh Sue Snell mm-hmm. and so you know she's surviving but but like you pretty much know everyone that's she's associates with is dead dots like yeah. You know, and like when you said with the prom king, because, you know, he ends up turning into be, you know, he's a pretty good guy and you yeah. kind of, OK, cool. Like, but you're like, well, kind of sucks that I know he's not going to make it. And so, yeah. you know, 
So and and like with you said, sometimes for me it works, sometimes it doesn't. I I I like it in this one. Maybe also because I've read it so many times too that I know yeah, what happens matter. anyways, and so yeah. it doesn't. You know, I honestly don't even think I could remember the first time I read it. So who knows? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That makes sense for you. He's like, yeah, I already know. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So we get this. We started to get the backstory. Uh, Carrie was raised with by her mom as a single mother and only child, a duo there. And mom's super religious, as in like zealot type religious, and we're so worried about sins. And we often, I think, we see this often in Stephen King stories, right? Where there's this crazy religious person who's so over the top that they they rail against sin like don't commit sin but then they're doing all these sins Mm -hmm. to their kid or whoever right so i think it's a good way to show you know people can be crazy sometimes but um so she's raised there and she's being at least emotionally abused sometimes physically abused by mom with her over the top stuff that she does um, and that carries over for as bad as mom is, Carrie ends up being pretty well. Okay. I mean, I thought well adjusted. I don't know. <laughs> there was obviously some problems, but mm-hmm. she wasn't like murdering people throughout her life. No, she wasn't even, and she wasn't even you like, cause she knew, you know, well not early on cause things would just happen yeah. you know, around her, but you know, she never really like went out to get people, even though she she could. Um, minus that was you know one kid walking to school and he called her like, I think he called her Scary Carrie or something like that, and she made him fall over on his bike. But, I mean, that's like the worst of her yeah of her doing. So mm-hmm. yeah, and it took a public event where she was publicly humiliated and you know, all this super intense stuff for her to finally, you know, snap and go off the deep end. So I, I feel like she held it together pretty well based off how crazy her mom was, how rude everybody was to her and all that thing, all that sort of thing. So kind of like Cujo, right? He just wanted to be yeah. a good dog. She just wanted to have friends. Everybody yep. treated her bad. And then mm-hmm. it finally the tipping point happened and she, she lost it. But, um, and this story obviously set in high school. I think everyone who's been through high school can relate to on some level being bullied or at least feel like people are going to get them. They're teasing them or, you know, something like that. So I think on some level we can all relate to that trauma or that fear of everybody just laughing at you and making fun of you at some point. Right. So I think that part is super relatable uh, for pretty much anybody. Uh, as far as, her being a teenage girl in the girls' locker room having her first period. Obviously, you mentioned that we can't relate to that. That's We're aware of it, but we have no idea what that actually means or feels like or anything like that. Um, and I was uncomfortable reading that as in a, you know, a, a father, adult male, reading about girls in the shower in the locker room, teenage girls. I was like, oh, it's making me a little uncomfortable. Um, so then she has her period as, you know, so there was this level of uncomfortable, uncomfortability. That's a word. And I think that's what he was going for in my opinion. What do you think? Oh yeah. I, I, he does that a lot. Um, you know, puts, puts people in situations that is, you know, unpleasant. Mm 
Um, and, and even with that too, you know, he even tied some of the people in cause there was, you know, you know, one of the, you know, I guess redeeming characters, if you will, but Sue Snell, who it was that typical, you know, we see it a lot in today, you know, and as I try to teach my almost high school kid, but you know, there were, there were obviously the bullies and the, the vicious girls that were out to get Carrie. But then there was also the, you know, Sue Snell who participated, mm-hmm. but knew she shouldn't be participating in it. But she also had a level of class. I mean, she was one of the popular girls as well. And so she, you know, didn't stand up for what was right. And she, but later on knew that it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so he also has those types of people too, that, yeah. you know, just kind of there and, you know, then later on tried to make, make things right. So, yeah. Yeah. I liked her character. Cause I, I think to be honest, that would be me. If there was a situation where people were making fun of people, I'd be like, I'd be part of it, not necessarily participating in it, but I'd be like, Oh, you know, watching it, but not really stopping it, at least in high school. And cause I'd be afraid, well, if I'd step in, they're going to get mad at me and make fun of me, you know, that whole thing. And so I could relate to her. And then afterward I'd be like, Oh, that was so dumb. Why didn't I do anything? You know, at least I would hope that would be me. I feel like that'd be me now at least. And so I related well to her. And then at the end when she stepped in and was trying to help her out, I think that redeemed her as well. But so she was friends. Sue Snell was, was friends with the ringleader, right? Mm-hmm. What's yep. her name again? Oh man. I, that's going to elude me, but let me see if I can. Chris Hargensen. Mm-hmm. Yep, Chris Hargensen. She was dating the bad boy. Mm-hmm. John Travolta. <laughs> yeah. We're going to jump to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and they had this crazy relationship too, but uh, I forget whose, whose father was it that went to the school to sue the school? Yeah, so it was, that was Chris's okay. father. Right. Uh, Chris, Chris the girl um, okay. as a you know, Chris is her name, but mm-hmm. yeah, her, her dad was the one that came and was like, Hey, you know, this is the way. And that's the other thing too, is then, I mean, you do have people, you know, against kind of standing their ground because the principal, and again, we have to remember this is back in the seventies. So this is almost yeah. 50 years yeah. that this book was written. I mean, that is, you know, crazy. Changed. <laughs> I, you know, I grew up reading book, you know, my, middle school time in the nineties when I was reading books. So this would be like reading books from the forties. I mean, that's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the time frame we're looking at. So, I mean, the seventies were different time. And so you have the, the principal who's like, okay, Hey, like not a big deal. You know, he's male. He's like, okay, whatever. They threw tampons, yeah. whatever. Like, you know, but then you have the gym teacher who was like, you know, she was like, Hey, this, was a serious thing that they did. Like I'm standing my ground. And so, you know, that's where everyone was kind of button heads and, mm-hmm. you know, leading to what was going to happen. So, yeah. Do you think this was kind of the, the impetus of the whole thing? Like this conversation between the, the gym teacher and the principal and then the principal and the lawyer dad, that was kind of the, if that had gone differently, the story might not have happened. Right. Well, obviously I think so because, you know, I mean, this we're looking, this is senior year of high school. I don't think anyone was out to, 
to get Carrie ever. Like right. she didn't, she didn't grow up like just constantly being beat up or picked on or anything like that. She was, yeah, people called her a loser and you know, Hey, you're dumb and you suck and stuff like that. Just because she kind of was, you know, the loser girl. And so it was like, Hey, yeah. you know, you're, you're a loser. Fruit. We're popular. You're a loser. But it, there wasn't anything like, Hey guys, let's every year do something to Carrie white because it will be funny. There wasn't any of that. And so this incident in the bathroom happened. I mean, it just kind of happened organically because, you know, hey, she had her period and she's freaking out about it. Like, hey, this is funny. Let's let's do this. And then obviously the, you know, popular girls in school have now lost their senior prom for that. And so that was where it was like, hey, now we want to make a fool of her because she gets she's going to senior prom and we are not. Yeah. Uh, and so that is, so yeah, had that changed, had they been like, Hey, let's let them go to this or do something else. And actually, and in all honesty, it's kind of interesting too. I, you know, they didn't get just, that wasn't just their punishment. Their punishment was just detention. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and they had to run hey, laps or something. Yeah. For three weeks or something like yeah. that. Then, you know, when the, when Chris and her girls, they were like, Hey, like, we didn't do anything wrong. We just made fun of a loser. We didn't do anything wrong about that. That's when then they got their uh, prom tickets revoked. And so that's what kind of pushed them. So that really was their own yeah. action themselves too. So yeah, that's a good point. And was it just Chris that lost that prom ticket that everybody else, I thought others her, Well, her and I think it was, you know, four or five friends. I don't know the exact number but it was a handful of them that yeah. you know okay. let, and she kind of was like you know because then it even shows that dynamic that you always see in those types of movies too where you have the really popular bully girl who also bullies the other popular girls that are her <laughs> friends yeah. she's walking out and she's like don't you guys make me be the only one walking out like we're all walking out yeah. like <laughs> you're all not going to prom if I'm not going to prom. And so they all kind of bit the bullet too. And, you know, but she was the main, you know, bad one. Like we kind of talked about with Cujo, you know, it's interesting, you know, we have Carrie as this evil, you know, Stephen King classic villain, mm -hmm. but really she was not. It was really is this, you know, you look at this uh, Chris Harginson and that's, that's your true, you know, she was just a mean kid out to get her at the end. Like after all this had happened, now she's out to get her. So yeah. and humiliate her and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Is because I grew up thinking I didn't watch the movie or read the book till I still haven't seen the movies, but I just recently read the book for the first time a couple months ago. And throughout my whole growing up, you know, I heard of Carrie just like I'd heard of Cujo, mm -hmm. and my perception of Carrie was that she was like you said, this evil person out to get everybody and had this power and used it for bad ways and things like that. And so I was surprised reading it that, oh, she's actually the victim. She's being yeah. bullied to the point where she just can't take it anymore. And, and I think everyone reading that story would be like, well, yeah, <laughs> I would. Yeah. I'd probably lose it too at some point. So um, she's a relatable character in that sense to anyone who's ever been made fun of or bullied in, in high school. So... <clears throat> But it doesn't excuse your actions. We don't want to. No, because 
she definitely once she decided to start doing what she did like she, it wasn't like it wasn't like Cujo where Cujo didn't know what was going on and was mm-hmm. it, he was very confused oh no she she knew what she was doing and she yeah. you know like so like you said yeah she she turned evil because yeah she you know killed a hundreds of people yeah. but in the end, but, uh, and, and she did it willingly too. She could have, she could have stopped and she could have chilled and, you know, she, she went out to get people. And so, yeah, she did, you know, not totally blameless, like you said. (laughs) So what if the story would have been, they do the pig's blood? Well, let's get to that point later. So they lose their prom privilege. So they come up with this scheme to have uh, one of the popular boys ask her out to the prom in preparation that they would humiliate her at the prom to get back at her. Well, and really that was kind of their opportunity they saw because Cujo. Yeah. My dogs have heard something Um, (laughs) because actually Sue Snell, she was dating the popular boy. Um, so that was actually her way of redeeming herself. Oh, yeah. Hey, You're right. Because she, I don't, I'm trying to figure out why she couldn't go to prom. And I might be having stuff, maybe they all lost their prom anyways. I don't know. But she, although I think she could have got it back. But she said, hey, I'm not going to go. You take Carrie because she deserves to go. Because we all treated her like crap. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of her redemption so that part wasn't necessarily the ploy but then once uh chris and the other popular people found out okay hey carrie's going yeah this is what we're gonna this is what we're gonna do to her so he he was really the most victimless of it all because he was just doing a nice thing for his girlfriend he had i don't even know if he like he knew what they had done but like he wasn't a part of that at all he just was like hey i'll take her and let her have fun fun night and yeah that's it. So, yeah. And that's when I started to like him. He's like, he's like, what, what are you talking about? And then he kind of slowly came around to it. He's like, yeah, that, that sounds like a good idea. I'll do that. Um, so they come up with this scheme, Chris and her boyfriend and two and some others to go to this farm, kill some pigs, get their pigs blood. And then, and this is all in relation to the period, the starting of the period, I'm assuming like kind of mm-hmm. that theme, like, well, We'll make her bleed this time, throw pig's blood all over her type. And so they set it up. So when then I don't, I thought it was a little fortuitous that she was elected prom queen because it was all revolved around her being sitting on that chair. And, and I know they rigged it, but there still yes, could have been things. Yeah, that was rigged as well um, to, to write her in to be, you know, uh, well, first to put her on the ballot was one of them because one of the popular girls did that. And then, um, yeah, then they, I don't know if they, they tapped the ballot box? Or they just tallied it, you know, themselves and they got her elected to be prom queen. So, mm-hmm. okay. So, and she made her dress. I mean, that was a big, when she started making her dress back at home mom kind of realized that she was going she told her hey i'm going to the prom and she flipped out because it was evil they were going to have sex and so sex is evil 
So they got their relationship was slowly deteriorating. Well, it had been I mean, at this point. It came to a head where she was just outright defiant. No, I'm not doing what you want me to do. I'm doing what I want to do. And so their relationship was pretty much over at that point between her and mom. Uh, she made her dress. And then when the guy came to pick her up, I got the sense that he found her attractive. Yeah, because that's, you know, that and that's more a theme, I think, in the movie as well was, you know, she never had done, you know, makeup or anything like that or, you know, really tried anything. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when uh, her, the gym teacher kind of helped her, you know, be like, hey, let's do do some of that stuff. And he's like, oh, wow, you're, you know, a pretty girl. Like, so, yeah. Okay. Was it kind of like a she's all that moment? Where she uh, I don't know. If, I don't dress, know. That's down the stairs. That like, holy cow. But like, it was, <laughs> you know, hey, you're, you know, you're not scary carry like we always yeah. said or kind of things. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's good that she was able to have that moment, you know, finally mm -hmm. feel like, oh, this person's attracted to me on some level and is interested in me. I liked that part. So uh, they go to the prom. The ballot box is stuffed, rigged. They get elected prom king, prom queen. They go sit on the, the chairs up on the stage. And Chris and her boyfriend pull the the string, the rope, to dump the, the pig's blood on her. And then everything goes crazy after that. Um, actually, so the pig's blood comes down. And then actually the, the bucket uh, that dumped it on the guy, he it falls down, hits him on the head. And... And Did kills. it kill him then, or it just knocked yeah, him out? He, yeah, he was he was the first death, okay, and not by Carrie. So that was kind of, you know, a good. A, I I don't know if that was done intentionally because, you know, she didn't kill him, and you know he died just as an accident to the whole thing. But mm. um, she she didn't kill him at all. So. All right, and then she tries to escape, get just get out of the situation. Everybody's laughing at her, and she does. But then she comes back, locks the doors, sets off the the fire sprinklers, and does something with the the electricity. So it there's cables on the floor with all the water and electrocutes a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. And so some of them try to escape out the back door which they do but then she starts a fire or a fire starts because of the electricity problems right yeah she's not a fire starter i think that was our last one that one that we did yeah she does not have pyrokinesis but yeah it was due to all the electrical wires catching and uh stuff like that so yeah. so the school catches on fire and she does something that I thought was interesting that I wouldn't have thought of, but she goes around to all the local, the fire hydrants close by and turns them on. So all the water is emptied. So when the fire trucks show up to put out the fire in the school, they can't because there's no water or there's no water pressure at least yeah. at that point. So a bunch of people die, a bunch of kids die in the electrical uh, part of the, the situation as well as then from the fire, the rest of them die ones that weren't able to escape and chris and her boyfriend they they do escape they they get out get in the car and they go back home and they're totally turned on and 
have this crazy sex scene. Because <laughs> <laughs> like they were the problem that started this whole killing spree. Yeah. Which is, they're like, okay, you guys got some problems if that turns you on. Were they aware that all these people died or had they left before? No, I think that I think they left before. Okay. Um, and then they caught wind of, you know, cause you know, to jump a little bit ahead because now Carrie is just going down yeah. the town. She's, She's she is out up. to get everybody. So yeah. blowing up the gas stations, uh, crashing or imploding the church or exploding the church, I guess. Mm-hmm. So with this telekinesis, if it sounds like it's this energy that builds up within her and then she pushes it out on an object type mm-hmm. thing. Is that kind of how you see it? Yeah. Yep. So. Like you said, throughout her history, there had been little instances here and there, little clues, but she didn't really put it together till pretty much during this story, right? Even, yeah. And even right, you know, because she was kind of researching what, you know, what telekinesis was and practicing a little bit. But it wasn't till prom night that she was, you know, fully going what she could do. So yeah, yeah, okay. So she ends going rampages through the town and causes havoc, and a bunch of people die in the town, a bunch of adults, and um, so she's just out of control at this point. She goes back home. Mom's there. Mom stabs her in the shoulder with some a knife, but then she carries able to reach in her chest and stop her heart from beating. Then mom dies. And very interesting in the movie when that happens, it's very symbolic because Carrie pretty much crucifies her mom to the wall. So she's got both her hands out Mm -hmm. and then she sticks some knives in her stomach. And so her mom is like pinned, (laughs) uh, you know, to to the wall. Um, And so I think that was very symbolic to the whole religious aspect. And then, yeah, was able to go in and stop her heart so right okay then carrie escapes out the back and i don't know was she going somewhere specific when she ran into chris and her boyfriend or nah not that i'm aware of this not i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah i don't i didn't pick up on it or i don't remember anyway so she's wandering through town going somewhere and chris and the boyfriend are in their car and they see her so they try to run her over, but she uses her powers to redirect them into a wall and kills them. And the car catches on fire and she collapsed. Which, did she get hit by the car? I didn't think so, but I it kind of seemed like I don't like know, but, you know, she's, she slowly is succumbing to her injuries as well throughout this whole mm-hmm. time. So, yeah, I think she's bleeding out. Mm-hmm. So she collapses and then uh, Sue Snell. She stum- she's tracks down Carrie, follows her blood trail, and comes upon her, and she's dying, right? And then there's this weird moment where she's able to see, like, feel Carrie, like, con- they connect on some level, and she feels her die, and then she does. Yep. So that's the end of Carrie. And then that's where we get all the... News reports, the excerpts from Sue Snell's diary, her best-selling book, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then the court proceedings. Court yeah. Um, and then there's intermixed with all that. There's some articles about telekinesis and how it's genetic. Um, 
I, I would assume those are made up for the story. Not, yeah, I believe so. research. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it's genetic in the sense that it's kind of like, where do they compare it to? What was the, the other shoot? Like there's this other real life carrier gene carrier that they compared it to. Oh, I don't, I don't recall there. Yeah. It's in the book, but so they compared it to this other disease and it's like, it's with the females and if the gene can skip a generation. So I guess Carrie's grandma had it, but her mom didn't. And then she did. And, um, she has, they have to mate with someone who has the recessive gene on the male side. Right. Yeah. Was that covered at all in the movies or in the show? No, no, they didn't really touch on any of that. Um, maybe in the made for TV version. Cause that's, a little bit longer, but yeah. not in any of the other in the actual movies. Yeah. And then there's this sad scene at the end with graduation where they like so many seniors died. And so it was like they had all these funerals and then they had graduation and then people just went and showed up, grabbed their diploma and left. There wasn't like a ceremony. And it's like, oh, that's that's sad. It's kind of like COVID. You know, my daughter was. She wasn't graduated in during the COVID years, but she had friends that did. And it was basically, yeah, you just go to the school, pick up your, <laughs> your diploma and go home. So um, it's kind of like that. But um, and then there was just this sadness around around town. I didn't they didn't want to rebuild the town. They just wanted to leave because it was just they didn't want yeah. the reminders. And I don't I wouldn't blame them. I'd probably do the same. So. Quite an emotional story for a tragic event, for the atrocities that happened. But um, I liked the story, the overall story. I think it was just the framework that kind of put me off. So, a typical first novel, you know, maybe, you know, kind of figuring things out. So, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. Well, as far as the novel goes, any inputs or insights as far as. If we haven't talked about things already. Uh, no, I mean, in terms of history of the novel, this is the famous one that it was thrown away. He, you know, Stephen King could not figure out what to do with it. And so he threw it out and then his wife fished it out of the trash and read it. And it, I don't know how many, how long it was that she read, but she's like, you got something here. Like if you can, figure this out. You have something here. And so, and that was kind of his thing too, is he, you know, he's it, like, he, we talked about at the beginning, it's fairly short. And so that was it. Like he, you know, it was too long because he was just selling, th you know, short little 20 page, 30 page, you know, stories to magazines. And it was too long for that, but he, he really couldn't, he couldn't feel like he could make it anywhere else. And so, yeah, he, he threw it in the garbage and it got fished out of the trash and, Stephen King was born, so. <laughs> Thank goodness for his wife, right? Yeah, so, yep, she she got it out, and, you know, that's, and also for them, too, like, you know, as, as we're talking first novel, but, I mean, you know, he, he pretty much came from nothing. They, you know, the, the interesting story about this one is they had to sell their phone to pay the bills. That was, you know, they could not have a phone, and so then um 
someone had to call like from a neighbor to tell him <laughs> the book had gotten picked up and he was actually getting, I think it was like 500 bucks, which for them was huge. But I mean, yeah. they were living in a trailer home with a roommate. I mean, it was, wow. you know, he, he did not come from, from anything to, and so this situation, this was kind of his huge break to finally be able to be like, okay, hey, I can write. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, he was, he was doing a whole bunch of other stuff at the time and trying to squeeze books in it when he could. So, mm-hmm. okay. So this came out, was his big break. What did he write next? So the, the one he wrote next was Salem's lot. Okay. Uh, so Salem's lot was next. And then he, but, and like I said, he, this was his fifth, he says fifth novel. He had some other, uh, other, uh, other things. One that he started publishing actually under a, a pseudonym. Um, just other books that really didn't quite fit how he wrote. Um, so he had had a couple of those. And so, yeah, um, Salem's lot came out and then, I mean, then we have the shining and once those, once that, yeah. those three hit, I mean, that pretty much yeah. solidified him as, as the top guy. So, yeah. Okay. And then there was the movies. Um, how many movies were there? there was three movies and a so, TV series. Yeah. So we've got in terms of actual, like carry movies. Oh, um, gosh. Hey, quiet. Sorry. The dogs are signed <laughs> to rest. Uh, turn it into Cujo. Um, so two, two feature film movies, one made for TV movie. And then, hold on, Mac, stop, stop. Um, and then we have one. Uh, again, I always say it's the classic. You know, hey, we're making a movie, and then we're, you know, seventy-five percent through, and it kind of is a crappy movie, and then all of a sudden we're like, hey, this is Stephen King. Obviously, I mean, you know, at this point, uh, and the movie I'm speaking of is called Rage, Carrie Two. I mean, I think that's like 2000 and maybe 2000, 2002 or something like that. I mean, by that point, he's gotten 30, 40 books out. And so, you know, somebody then is like, okay, this, this is pretty similar to a Stephen King book. Let's, let's give him a holler. (laughs) Let's see if we can just tack the name on and that'll get people to come watch the movie. And so they did that, uh, you know, the, the girl in this movie, Rage, Carrie, too, she's kind of like Carrie's mom had a or, well, somebody in the I don't know. Somehow she's related to somebody. <laughs> so it's not, not real Carrie. She has the powers and she meets up with with Sue Snell, who is like, uh, hey, here's the burned out school, <laughs> you know, and then she Sue Snell ends up getting killed at this Again, a part. I mean, the plot is basically the same. You know, a guy asks her to prom. Uh, they kind of fall in love. She thinks everyone loves her, and then she gets humiliated, and so she kills everybody. But I mean, so yeah. So that's the typical Stephen King tacked-on sequel. So okay. I mean, say you know, say what you will to Stephen King. I think we've talked about this. He, the thing I like about him is he does not care what people do with his. <laughs> Like he is not, hey, Carrie is my baby. Please don't mess mess with it. If he is very like, hey, if you want, I'll watch it. Like I, I want to see what you do with this stuff. And he's, you know, for good or bad, because sometimes he has some really crappy things that come <laughs> yeah. out of it. But he, 
he is not one of those people that like really cares for his stuff. He wrote the book. He cares for the book. You do what you want when you make a movie of it. He does not care. <laughs> okay. At least that's the that's the that's the, the feeling get. I get from him. He he like and he he's he's genuinely a fan of movies too. He likes he likes movies and he likes seeing what people what people want to do with it. So he's not hands on and hey, this is how it has to be. He wants to see what you make with his idea. And he's, he's, I like him for that. So okay, get some interesting stuff. Yeah. So the first movie was pretty similar to the book, would you say? Or how? Yeah, I mean, it it followed, you know, there wasn't any, you know, whoa, this, this did not happen. (laughs) I mean, obviously it left, left some things out, um, but it was not, you know, too different. No, nothing too different. That's it's the most famous one. Sissy Spacek is Carrie in it. Um, John Travolta's in it. I think that's actually. I think it's one of those like introducing John Travolta movies. I think it's one of his first roles. He's the uh-huh. he's the crappy boyfriend. Um, <laughs> Drives the oh, junky car. Chris. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he's the the greaser <laughs> greaser guy. Uh, and um, so yeah, it's a it's a you know good movie for as old as it is you know hold holds up pretty good i feel so yeah let me see who's in that the so then the second one was rage carry two or uh i don't know if that came out before the made for tv version um or not um, let's see. Carrie came out in 1976. 2002 was the made for TV movie. Um, William Cat. Oh, 1999. So yeah, the Rage Carrie 2 did come out before the TV movie. So. Okay. So William Cat was Tommy, the greatest American hero. There you go. <laughs> okay. So we got Carrie... Got Rage, um, the TV series made for made for TV movie, made for TV movie, and that was like two or three episodes or something. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I want to say it was a two part. It's kind of like a you know four hour long mm. um, over two parts. That one actually more features the court, all the court draw, like uh-huh. not necessarily court, but she. You know, it starts with Sue Snell in the police, uh, police interrogation room, if you will, and so they're interviewing her. So that does that plays into that part of the in of the book. So, so it's kind of like flashbacks. Uh huh. Yep. So they're interviewing her from the beginning. Hey, what happened? And then mm-hmm. she goes and yeah, tells her side of things. So yeah. Okay. And then is there anything after that? And then the 2013. Yeah. Uh, the 2013 carry with uh, Chloe Grace Moritz. So, which I recommend. That one is. That one's good. That one's pretty good. So. Does that uh, follow the story pretty well, or? Yeah. Liberties. Yep. I I don't I don't think you know I don't think it's anything where I'm like whoa this this did not happen <laughs> you know it yeah. it follows pretty you know and and you know again I think the book is 200 pages. It's a very easy book to follow you know to to follow you know 
girl girl has period everyone makes fun of her girl goes prom yeah gets blood dumped on her girl freaks out kills everyone like it's a pretty basic simple yeah. uh premise with with each movie so okay and not too much you can you know really find to add mm. add they don't have to cut a lot out so okay yeah, i'd be interested in watching that one so let's check it out uh does this story tie into any of his other stories there's any references to that incident where the school burned down or anything like that? Nope. Uh, I mean, there might be some references in terms of, you know, people mentioning the name. Uh, I, I don't think it's a castle rock story. Uh, I didn't get that either. I I think it's just a normal, uh, Oh yeah. Westover Maine. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, there wasn't really anything, uh, anything to tie in in that way so so there's no once, long lost cousin with the powers no <laughs> once we once we hit uh you know the next the next one salem's lot that actually is where we get a pretty the start of the tie-ins mm. um to the the stephen king universe if if you yeah. will is there a name for the stephen king universe or nope, like, that's it. The Stephen King universe. So, Stephen King universe. Okay. <laughs> yeah that that is that is the name of it. So it's not like King verse or no. I guess we need to. We someone needs to get on that and figure out some I, good thing with all the movies and shows yeah. and stuff making now. So <clears throat> we should do that. We should start it. <laughs> I mean, King verse. That's pretty basic, but <clears throat> it works. Yeah. Um. That's pretty generic though we'll have to come up with something better <laughs> is there like a certain there's castle rock right that's pretty common. yeah yeah cat castle rock um is castle rock's the main the main one um dairy fi- i mean mm. from it and that not a lot of stuff happens in dairy but people mention dairy a lot it's in in the books um so those are the two big ones so and they happen in maine right yep maine yep Right. Maine is his this is his Plato. locale. Yeah, so we'll have to come up with some Maine dairy Castle Rock <laughs> King verse. Yep, there's a very famous Welcome to Dairy podcast. Huh? Uh, so they got the Welcome to Dairy. Uh, I don't think there's anything with Castle Rock other than just the show. So yeah. Castle yeah. Rock Entertainment, they were like a producing company, weren't they? Yep. And I don't know. If, I don't know. I've always wondered if that has anything to do with, if that was just a coincidence. I, yeah. I've always wanted to look into that. So. Yeah. All right. Cool. So next up is Salem's Lot. Salem's a, Lot. A vampire story? A vampire story. One of my favorites. Right. Hopefully a movie is here. I mean. Yeah. You brought that up last time. It's done. The movie is done and okay. it was supposed to have come out in September and then oh. it just disappeared oh, and no. no one knows. And so oh, no. it's, it, that's not good. No. And it's one of those, uh, I, I want to say it's one of those HBO, not HBO, but uh Warner brother, HBO, like HBO max casualties kind of things where oh, they were just yeah. like, yeah, like we're just going to treatment. Yeah, I that's what people are worried about because it yeah, yeah it, was, it was done like it was done and it was like it's coming out in two weeks and everyone's ready for it and then it just 
didn't happen and now it's gone like there's no release date in sight and so mm. who knows because that that is one of the rare well of the major stephen king works because salem's lot is a pretty big stephen king story it has never gotten the motion picture treatment mm. uh it has two made for tv movies but no feature film okay. and so this was going to be the first so well it's September, I think end of August, September. That's when the whole WB merger thing went yeah. down. Or not went down, but that's when they started cutting those Yep. Those projects. So, so yeah. we'll have to see if we get a Salem's Lot movie. <laughs> yeah. But yes, vampire story, very good. Uh, characters tie in to later stories. So this is where we start kind of getting into the whole universe of, of things. Well, and by characters, not a lot. One in particular. Um, but yeah okay cool i'm excited to read that one i've heard a lot about it i remember seeing previews for one of the tv shows back in the day when i was a little kid and mm-hmm. being scared by the previews, so i never watched it <laughs> oh yeah, i'm excited to see how that goes and i'm finding out that my perception of these books and movies when i was younger back in the 70s and 80s is way different than how the actual story is <laughs> <laughs> it's not as scary it's um, you know, just more a human story than a like a horror story. So, yep. My son is finding out the hard way because I'm trying to get him into Stephen King. Well, I'm trying to get him into just reading in general, which is hard. Yeah. Um, but he struggles with Stephen King a lot because he's like, nothing's happening. There, nothing's <laughs> yeah. going on in this book. Like it's boring. They're just, you know, he's very character driven, um, and he likes explaining characters and then so you know why they are doing what they are doing um when the time when the time comes and so there's a lot of that this one i mean i will say though with salem's lot it is it's pretty pretty dreary and full of vampires so yeah okay cool i read twilight i think i can handle it (laughs) yeah (laughs) is it better than twilight Oh, well, you know what? I've never never read Twilight. It's actually, it was on my list to to read vampire stuff. And I'm like, I need to just read it to, to read. I've seen the movies, but yes, it is. It's better than Twilight. It's, it's one of my favorite, uh, uh, vampire stories. And I mean, you know, we'll, we can talk about this more next time, but I mean, Mm -hmm. there's also some tie in stories, you know, there was just a, one that came out just last year called Chapel Wait, which is kind of a prequel to Salem's Lot oh. uh, that Adrian Brody was in. That was oh, yeah. very well done. Um, so it, I mean, it's it's got its own kind of universe uh, with that. So very good. A lot, cool. lot to talk about with Salem's Lot. So nice. All right. Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely talk more about that next time in our next uh, Stephen King novel review. We want to thank you guys for joining us here on this Credible Nerds podcast review of Stephen King's novels. Uh, definitely subscribe to our channel, uh, you know, so you can be alerted as to the next time we release the next Stephen King review. So, like the video, subscribe to the channel. It doesn't cost you anything. Helps us out. Gets you know more people involved, and uh, that's what we want. And definitely comment as well if if we're talking about this book, you like it, you didn't like it. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think of of our review as well as the, the story itself. So we want to thank you guys for watching and listening. And 
Uh, we'll catch you next time.